This is the Gallinach Masters Cycling Podcast. I'm Norman Blissett, your host for the show. Gallinach Masters Cycling is a global community of 50 years and older cyclists who support each other to love life through riding our bikes. Each week we share inspiring stories from our riders around the world, showcase great places to ride our bikes and give tips to help you get fitter, healthier and more confident on the bike. Hello and welcome everyone to the Scalinac Master Cycling podcast. I'm Norman Blissett and I'm delighted to welcome once again Chris Foggin, Coach Foggy. Hi Foggy, how are you doing? Kia ora, very good, thank you. Good, good to see you. So we are going to share inspiring stories from our riders around the world. We're going to showcase some great places to ride. I'll give tips and guidance on how to be a fitter, healthier and more confident rider. And we're going to focus most of the time in this podcast on e-bikes. And so Foggy's very experienced with e-bikes. I'm less so. So I've been trying to do a bit of background work and getting a bit more knowledge. And thanks to a couple of group members who have emailed through some of their experience of e-bikes, which I'm going to share with you. Um, as we go along. But before we get into that, Foggy, what have you been up to over the last week? Because actually it's two weeks since we last did a podcast. So what have you been up to over these two weeks? Yeah, I've uh, I've been away um, uh, from home uh, coaching New Zealand police, believe it or not, on their e-bikes. Um, so I spent all last week um, up in the North Island uh, around Hawke's Bay between Napier and Gisborne, uh, training a bunch of their staff up there. So it's, it's quite relevant that we're doing this podcast. It's um, yeah, a little project I've been involved with. So I spent uh, most of the last week, nearly every day, on an e-bike um, coaching. Fantastic. So you, you've got live recent experience of e-biking to bring into the discussion, which is which yeah. is excellent. Uh, I was quite. It was actually it was nice to do that, but it was also nice to get back on my gravel bike on Sunday and uh, and do about fifty odd k's just on gravel um, to remind me of what the legs are supposed to do. <laughs> so, they, so these are, are town hybrid style bikes. Then, are they, is, that, is that what the police are using? Yeah, they, 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 yeah, they've tested a number of different ones, and the a full blown e mountain bike is not is not right for them. And and, and again, the the um, the commuter style uh, utility bike's not right for them either. They need something in between, which is a little bit more robust, can get around the towns and cities through the parks, can do a little bit of off-roading um, and can carry uh, extra weight. And I don't mean that the cops are great big cops over here, but the, the, the extra weight such as the body armour and utility stuff that they yeah. carry with them. So. Yeah, you're going to be a lot of equipment to carry as well, as well as the... Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. yeah, But it's, it's okay. a great project and it's a great way for them to get around. Yeah, fantastic. Well, well, it's getting into winter here in the UK. So during the week, I've just been on the on the turbo trainer, so doing a lot of uh, winter base sessions, building, building fitness back up, hoping to get more events and racing next year as this year's just been a complete write-off as I think you know as it has for 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 most people so yeah that's that's been yeah. me being out for a couple of longer rides on on Sundays I've been going out with a, a young guy uh, who lives not far away from me who's pretty talented um, and he's been looking for an older person he says to, to go out <laughs> training with 
So he obviously sees me as someone who is, um, yeah, not not going to make it too painful for him. I'm, yeah, <laughs> old old enough just to uh, not embarrass him. But um, but that's been, that's been fun because, um, yeah, he's 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 good. So um, and it's just good to share some experience with him and just listen to the enthusiasm that he has for for cycling yeah. as well. Um, cool. Yeah, he, he was quite tired at the end of the last ride though, so I was quite pleased with that. that I thought oh, I could keep on news. going, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's still life in the old dog yet for me. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, we, so we've been busy the last couple of weeks. I, I've also been looking at the posts in the group. There's just been so much over the last couple of weeks and especially over this weekend, there's some real highlights. And I just wanted to share a few that I'd seen and I'm going to have to be a, but well, I'm not actually being biased, but it might sound that I'm biased because two of them are from Scotland. So one is um, Norman Agnew, who lives up in, uh, I think he lives near Inverness, up in the, towards the north of Scotland. He had an amazing day out in Torridon, which is just a, well, there's lots of beautiful parts of Scotland, but Torridon's just a just exceptionally spectacular part of Scotland, right up in the northwest. Um, not, not quite Cape Wrath, which is the kind of northwesterly point, but not, not far off it. Um, and so he had a fabulous day there, but he took the most amazing pictures. So anyone in the group that's not looked at Norman Agnew's pictures, go and go and have a look at his post because he's just they're just beautiful. Um, there's a few of there's a few Scottish pictures of Highland cattle, <laughs> which are, uh, which are which are um, very um, very entertaining. But but the scenery and the the mountains uh, and the trails that you can see are just just fantastic, and also. Jim Aitchison, who's also from Scotland, he did a trip, actually not that far away from where Norman was, but on the roads this time. And he he went up the um, the Bialach the Bialach which is the biggest climb in the UK. It's not that remote. It's not. It's but it's kind of fairly remote. Um, um, but again, took some fabulous pictures there over, over his ride. So again, go and have a look at Jim's. Um, Jim's photographs if you're if you're in the group. So if you're listening to the podcast and you're not a member of the Gallinach Master Cycling Facebook group, then look us up and um, join because you get some fantastic stories and rides and photographs in there. And also the final one I just want to highlight is who was our previous Rider of the Week, Karen Blicknout from South Africa. And she she's posts regularly, lots of fantastic photos, but I just wanted to um, give her a shout out because she's done 5,000 kilometres in 2020 and she just hit that at the weekend. So well done, Karen. Fantastic. Um, that's, fan- that's fantastic. Um, so let's let's come on to e-bikes, Foggy. I just want to kick off with a, an email that I got from Helen um, Gwinan. I hope I've pronounced your second name correctly there, Helen, from Ireland. And when she saw that we were doing a podcast on e-bikes, she wanted to share her experience. So just going to read out what she said so she says bicycle i'm going to have to put my glasses on bicycles have been a part of my life since i got one from santa at the age of four um as a student and young working young working adult my crossbar 12 speed racer um was the height of innovation i thought at the time but that was my only mode of transport then i got a car had a lot of back problems in my 30s so I had to give up cycling and never really cycled for leisure until i, I tried an e-bike in my 40s and rediscovered the joy of cycling um, so Helen says, an e-bike gives you great options, extends your range, enables you to tackle journeys many people wouldn't otherwise attempt. With my husband, also now an e-bike convert, we've cycled all over Ireland, including much of the fabulous Wild Atlantic Way, seeking out every mountain pass and coastal route we can find. And if the wind's against you on the way back, you don't have to worry. 
and just choose a little bit help, more help from the motor. And she's also cycled in Scotland again, um, the Bialik Nouveau, um, uh, the Yorkshire Dales, France, Germany. So the e-bike encourages you forward, lures you around the next turn. Thankfully, the prejudices that existed against electric bikes are now diminishing and they are becoming much more mainstream, hence why we're having this podcast, Foggy. And they're a different animal entirely to a sleek, light racing bike and don't need to be seen in comparison with them. And what she says is, the, the for her, the annoying, ah, that's cheating, isn't as prevalent as it used to be, thankfully. So electric bikes are becoming appreciated as a very inclusive way of opening up the amazing benefits and pleasure of cycling to a wider audience. It doesn't have to be an either-or. It's all about what suits you on the day for the journey or for for a particular time in your life. So thanks, Helen. I just thought that was a great introduction to the the discussion, Foggy. So what what, do you make of that? Yeah, perfect. Um, I I have to agree that there's... um there's been a strange sort of um, uh, feeling again in the cycling community about the e-bike phenomenon, I think, over the last few years and just how how, um, how e-bikes have suddenly uh, uh, have gone massive. I mean, in, in New Zealand, there's more e-bike sales now than, than there are uh, conventional bikes, I think. Um, and I, I guess there's that traditional uh, viewpoint that, you know, um, uh, you know, it's kind of cheating, but uh, it's not. Um uh, I, I, I was never a fan um, of e-bikes. Um, I, I'm very much a traditionalist in terms of cycling, always have been. And, and I, uh, just a personal thing, I didn't want one. Um, it, it didn't sort of sit comfortably with me in terms of the, the effort that I wanted to put in on a bike, but that's just a personal thing. Um, and I guess uh, my, my attitude changed completely um, just over a year ago when I started working well, I had to put a project together for, for New Zealand police in relation to their e-bike patrols. And um, very quickly that, that changed my attitude and I, did, I saw the benefits um, and then started to see the benefits um, for, for other user groups as well. Um, you know, um, particularly people that, um, uh, you know, I've seen the coming back from injury or, or maybe um, – don't want to have the massive effort of climbing a hill on a, on a conventional bike and then can have that slight assistance to get somewhere. And it's getting a much broader demographic of people out on bikes, which is fantastic. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, absolutely agree with that. I mean, I think I was probably a bit like you up until recently. Um, can I look, if I'm being honest, I would look, you know, that, that comment that Helen made about people, um, uh, you know what is it? She says, "Ah, oh, that's cheating." You know, it's not the mm. real thing. Um, you should get a proper bike and make an effort. I think I was probably off that that view. And then my um, one of my best mates, girlfriend, she's she's got a heart condition. Um, that sort of she's only in her early thirties, I think, and and sort of picked that up in her late twenties. And w- w- I was out cycling with them and made some stupid comment about the fact that she was on an e bike, and she said, "Well, if I didn't have an e bike." then I wouldn't be able to come out and ride with you guys. And that's what I love yeah. doing. So, you know, apart from feeling a bit embarrassed about it, it kind of made me realise that <clears throat> that actually it can be a brilliant way for some, for many people of opening up cycling, you know, in a way that they wouldn't have been able to do previously. But anyway, we're going to explore that, I think, over the next uh, yeah. over the next part of the discussion. So so let, yeah. let's kick off at the very beginning, as somebody once famously sang, we'll not, we'll not, we'll not, We'll not repeat that song, but yes. So, what what's an e bike for those for those people who might have heard about it and got some idea that it's actually a motorbike or something like that? T- tell us what's an e bike. 
So, so basically, it's something that assists you. It, you know, it's a it's a, a design within a bike that that that, um, that assists you to get along either faster or for for longer. Um, electric powered. Um, there's two different versions really. There's the pedal assist, which I see an awful lot of people using. Um, I, I would suggest strongly the majority of people are using in New Zealand are the pedal assist bikes. And then there's the other style, which is the. Um, um, I suppose it's a little bit more. Uh, towards the the e-scooter type um, scenario where you can actually press a button and it actually takes you along without you having to use any leg uh, leg power really. So there's two different versions. Um, uh, I've I've ridden both. I much if if to be honest, I prefer the, the pedal assist because you're actually still having a workout. Um, so many different versions now. The 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 the, the way that the uh, technology is changing. Um, they're still going to be heavy. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They're, they're, you're potentially, depending on the style of bike you buy, um, but you're potentially looking at twice the weight of a conventional bike just simply because you've got the motor, you've got the battery, you've got the the, the frame has to be um, strengthened and the component parts on it are slightly heavier. So you're not buying something that's light, but by the same token, um, the electric motor generally overcomes that that weight issue. I'll talk a bit later on about the, the weight issue in terms of the handling of it. Um, so, so really, um, you know, you know, it's it's if if you get the right bike for you, and if you get the right battery um, uh, pack, and you get the right um, setup, then you can you can go a long way on these things, um, uh, and possibly even further than you would do on a conventional bike, depending on your level of fitness. Um, I'll give you an example. For, I've, I've ridden a, a full suspension Scott uh, e-bike um, with one by twelve setup. In terms of the, the, they generally are a one at the front and then uh, varying uh, cassettes at the back. The one by twelve setup with a massive climbing gear on it, and I've climbed a huge hill, and I was climbing in uh, gear six. That was the optimum gear. Um, for, for that particular motor, for that particular bike and that particular setup on the rear. So you, you, you use them differently as well. Uh, to be honest, I got to the top of this hill and if I was on a conventional bike, I'd have been completely blown apart. I got up and I wasn't even sweating. So, so you know, depending on the bike you buy, uh, the, the advantages can be uh, tremendous, you know. Um, so, so, yeah, going back to the original question, what are they? That's simply it. They're simply a, a bicycle that's got an electric assist motor in them, um, of varying different models and makes. Yeah, I think that that's what most people will be familiar with with the, the pedal assist ones. And you can you can use the bike as a as a bike. You don't need to have anything switched on, but then you can that's right. you, know, you yeah. can up the up the power as as much as you want. Obviously, oh, the oh. more yeah. Yeah. I mean from experience, um, having used one when the battery's completely run out, um, actually then when you start to use it like a conventional bike, it's even harder because yeah. you, you're trying to shift the weight as well. Um, so, you know, you, you can use it as an, you know, as a conventional bike, but at the end of the day, you, you're going to be, you, you know, that's going to be ex exceptionally hard if you get stuck somewhere without the battery. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, sure. Okay. So let, let, let's move on to what are the advantages then? So what, what are the benefits of e-bikes? What, what do they bring to people? Well, I, think, I think to start with, um, it's, it's the spread of um, the, the demographics now that are using them. So, we, you know, we see certainly down in New Zealand, we're seeing 
um, older demographic of people coming um, onto the bikes. And what I'm talking about is like 50, 60, 70, 80 plus, I'm even into the 90s that are using them. Um, and that's that's a massive advantage in terms of it's getting a lot more people active that wouldn't necessarily have gone on a conventional bike. So I think that's a plus. Um, they they will, I mean, another obviously advantage is they climb, you know, they'll get your pills um, where you you might be daunted to go on a particular ride because it's hilly, but the e-bike the, the e will get you there. Um, they can get, on some occasions, they can get you a lot further. Um you know they can they can just assist to um, you know to enjoy uh, to help you enjoy your 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 experience out on a bike. Um, plus, there's the other side of things in terms of commuting. Um, you know they can they can get you to work from home without you breaking into a sweat. So if you're using them as a as a as a transport tool, um, and then of course I've seen the other side as well where they're being they're used as an a, an operational tool. You know to get people around in the emergency services. And to be fair, it's not just um, Across the world, it's not just the the cops that are using them. I know the the ambulance service use them in some places. Um, fire service have used them to access places they can't get to to do inspections. Um, uh, I've even seen military uh, uh, e bikes now, which are, there's a there's a version down here in New Zealand called the Obco, uh, which is actually a two wheel drive. Um, it, it's a derivative of a farm bike. Um, but the military have taken it on, so it's essentially it's a it's a um, you know a boosted up um, e bike with two wheel drive on it. So they're they're starting to use them as well. So there's there's a whole range of um, uh, of advantages and usages, I suppose. Yeah, I think it, thinking about it from my my perspective, I I can I could certainly envisage myself using one about town. I mean, I've, obviously with COVID, uh, yeah, you know, I'm not out as much as I used to be, but I would be in London pretty frequently before and. The thought of going into kind of moving between meetings or whatever around London, turning up sweaty or whatever, just put put me off. But with a, I can see it with an e-bike, and I can even see commuting into London on an e-bike from here. It's about twenty-five miles from where I am into the centre of centre of London, um, which is up and it's quite hilly to get in there. Uh, so yep. that would be a fair slog on a on a on a bike, and then having to change and so on. So, but on a, on a summer's day on an e-bike, that could be really 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 pleasant to do. But but also, I'm thinking about family rides as well because you know my son's getting a bit older; he's getting faster. Um, as uh, my wife doesn't ride nearly as much as we do, so an e-bike is just an ideal way for her to be able to come on group rides and, and ask for us to do it as a family and all enjoy it yep. as well. And obviously there's the, you know, the, the experience that I shared earlier about, um, about my, um, my mate's girlfriend as well. So I think yeah. when you, when you kind of bring all these things together, you can see all, all you know, loads of advantages uh, for people, but of course there are downsides as well. So, you know, you've seen you've been around e-bikes a lot over the last couple of years. What are the downsides of e-bikes, and what are the sort of things people should be doing to to yeah. manage those? Uh, yeah, straight away, the, the, you, you have. To, I mean, I think this is pretty obvious, but some people, you know, they, they struggle with it immediately. Is first thing is it's a lot heavier. So we we see um, uh, a lot of people getting injured even at the start point. So falling off in a car park or falling off in their driveway as soon as they get on it. And it's the weight of it that often is uh, it catches people out because you're talking potentially around 25 kgs. So and that, uh, on occasions, that's not always, but on occasions it's about double the weight of a, you know, of a, of a, another bike. If you get a full suspension mountain bike, it's not quite double, but it, you understand that um, there is a weight difference. 
So that that is something that's uh, sometimes a disadvantage and not taken into account. And it's not so much that when, when the engine kicks in, that'll account for the weight, but it's people getting on and off uh, where we see injuries happening. Um, the speeds, um, although they can be a massive advantage, they can also be a disadvantage. So, you know, the, the, the bikes generally were starting out around about 25, 26 K an hour as the, the engine topped out. Uh, we've now got lots that are in the, on the market around about 31, 32 Ks an hour. And I'm saying about is because you can have two bikes the same and one will top out at about 31 and one will top out at about 32. So there's just a little variation there. But now we're seeing um, motors that are coming uh, into the e-bike world that, that are capable of 45 K an hour. So if you... Um, I don't do maths in public. So I was just trying to do a conversion from Ks to <laughs> miles per hour, but you, you work it out for yourselves. Yeah, 30, 32 is 20 miles an hour. Yeah, so um, you, you're talking a 45K an hour bike is going to be keeping up with the flow of traffic on 30 mile an hour roads or 50K yeah, so an hour roads. 20, sort of 29 miles an hour, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So um, the the... The obvious disadvantage there is that if you don't understand how to handle the thing, it's going to take longer to slow down, even though they've got good brakes and, and the way that they set up the components and stuff are, are, are designed for that particular machine. They take a lot longer to slow down. They don't handle the same as you hit, hit corners, um, the, you know, just just because of the weight issue and because of physics, you know, just at the end of the day, you propel yourself forwards at 45 K an hour with a heavy machine like that, you're going to get out of control quite quickly if you don't handle it well. So that that is a disadvantage. And what we see across the world is people just jumping on these things and away they go and then injury, you know, injuries being caused. So there's, you know, that I see that I personally see that as a disadvantage. Um, I guess there's the, uh, the issue about, um, making sure you've got enough battery life and making sure that you're looking after that and you're charging it regularly and then you're not going on a on a huge ride where you end up being you know somewhere where you can't recharge halfway through the ride or you know if it's a multi-day thing that you're doing or whatever um so there's things like that you have to work out um so so yeah the um i think i guess that's the the, the key factors is the weight um the speeds um and the handling um are different so what, what should, I, I'm actually just thinking about what you're saying there, a, a kind of really practical problem there is, you know, getting a bike on, an, on and off a roof rack yeah. or on a bike a bike rack. I've seen I've seen yeah. people really, you know, strong blokes really struggling sometimes to yeah. to, to get them get them up there. Not so much to lifting it, but actually securing it with all that weight above them. So there's kind of practical yeah. barriers there like that as well. Well, I had, um, I had different experiences of this. It was interesting talking to uh, one of the cycling tour company operators here um, is that their, their staff now have to be able to lift these bikes up and down, you know, several times a day. And say they're taking a trailer of 10, 12 bikes and maybe all of them are e-bikes. They've got to be able to be fit enough to do that. Um, whereas, and, you know, I've recently had that experience where this uh, – this guy said to us, it's, it's a pleasure having your conventional bikes this time around because they're a lot lighter for us to lift. Yeah. Um, I've just taken three uh, e-bikes um, on a journey from uh, in Hawke's Bay from Napier up to Gisborne, which is a really twisty, windy um, road. It's about a three-hour drive. 
I had two of the bikes secured on a, um, a, a rack on a tow ball um, on the back of this, uh, this um, Ford Ranger ute. And, uh, the, well, I, I, I over-engineered it, so we tightened all the bolts up. We, we put extra straps on um, because just because of the weight. And uh, even... You know, it's it's a low it's a low lift. You haven't got to lift them up onto the roof of the car with this thing. But even in that short journey, I had to keep stopping because the the extra weight of the e bikes was moving the rack around. So there was something fundamentally wrong with that rack. I think in terms of, hmm. um, uh, you know, uh, what it was designed to do. Um, so you've got to be a bit careful with that, I guess. If you're going to buy something, make sure it can take the weight of an e bike. And if you're going to lift it onto, if you're going to find that you have to put it on the roof of your car, for example, that that's that is something you've got to take into account. Yeah, yeah. So we're obviously not trying to put people off at all no, <laughs> using your bikes, but I think it's just yeah. you know it's it, quite the opposite. I think it's about coming into it with your eyes open and realizing that yep. that our downsides. Although, of course, as technology improves, then the e-bikes are getting lighter and lighter. Yeah, and, definitely. And, you know, particularly if you're if you're going for a road version then they they can be i will come on to it a moment with another story i'm going to share yeah. but but yeah 11 or 12 kilograms compared to you know if, yeah. even a even a quite a light road bike is seven or eight kilos and um unless it's totally stripped down so it's a little bit heavier but not but not that much heavier so i think over time these problems will start to start to reduce oh definitely uh, i mean you can yeah. see it already i mean just in terms of the few years they've been around and how the batteries have changed you know, into, you know, they're getting light, they're getting a little bit lighter, and, they, and they're certainly getting longer in terms of life. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so who who should be? I mean, we've touched on this already about the sort of people that should be um, using e-bikes. Whilst you just mull that over, Foggy, I'm just going to read out a note that I got from another one of our group members, Robert Pigeon, um, who's who's obviously been using e-bikes and wanted to share his experience. So. This is going back. You shared something from from a few a blog from a few months ago. It's back in the spring in the UK. So April twenty fourth of my sixty sixth birthday, I decided to ride my age and do a sixty six mile ride to raise funds for the NHS charities. Um, raised just over four hundred quid, which is great. Well done, um, Robert, for doing that. Um, but the right you saying the ride itself was pretty uneventful, um, and th- that was the height of the UK lockdown time. So there wasn't there weren't those who can remember back to that. It's like people, it's like the end of end of the world. <laughs> you go out for <laughs> bike rides and not see a single soul, not see a car. Uh, it was it was like the, it was like the last man surviving feeling. <laughs> it was very odd. Um, so yeah, Robert had the same experience, and so he he talks a bit about. Um, a bit about that. Um, so, but he was riding a Colnago E64. So let me just uh, say what he said about it. So it behaved impeccably, took great care to spare the battery as much as possible, finished 67 miles with 14% of battery power left. And that included a sprint over the line on full boost. Well done, Robert. Um, yeah, I hope you I hope you you were you were thinking about Foggy's advice about breaking distance and so on when you were when you were doing that. Um, and he did quite a bit of the ride with the e the the, the battery turned off because the bike's light enough to do it. I think he says the 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 bike's about twelve thirteen um, kilograms, um, and it was a pleasure to ride even with the extra weight of the battery in the motor. Would he do it again? Yes. Stretching out the battery life in this way of kind of not using it all the time is definitely possible. It doesn't spoil the enjoyment of the bike or the ride. 
And my love of this bike increases every time he goes out in it. And I think with Robert's got arthritis in his knees and his joints, I think he would struggle to get out there and ride a conventional bike for any sort of distance. Yeah. Um, so it's just opened up, or not opened up, it's kept open that experience that otherwise may have been closed down to him. So yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, so just you know, go back to the question, which you know, with Rob Roberts an example there. Helen that shared the story from earlier is another example. But you know, if there's few of the people that are out there listening that should be thinking about e-bikes rather than conventional bikes. Yep. Um, I think you know, for me, in terms of who should use them, um, uh, anyone can use them. You know, and uh, and there's I know lots of people now that have actually you know the N plus one rule. Um, I've added an e-bike to their collection. I haven't yet, but no doubt I will eventually. And that's just funds. Um, so you know, anyone can use them in lots of different circumstances. I think uh, they, um, the, there's a there's an issue with these things is they, they go from um, you know you'll see the eco mode uh, through to excuse me a minute I'll just have to kill that. Um, they've got the eco uh, mode um, and then they go right through to you know to turbo. Um, and a lot of people jump on them and just go for the fun factor of turbo straight away. Well, if you if you use that, like that story you've just been talking about, if you use that eco mode um, uh, and, 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 and then use the different levels as you go, then you can serve your battery and you'll, you'll, you'll have fun playing with that. But anyway, anyone, you know, at, at the end of the day, well, I know, I know, uh, you know, pro cyclists that have, have, have bought them to have fun with them. You know, I think if you look across the board, there's this, you know, people from just wanting to commute, Right the way through to to the UCI now, which the, the world governing body have uh, have e bike categories. You know, mm. there's an e, uh, e mountain bike category, etc. And um, uh, for racing, so so yeah, I I, I I will I will never leave the conventional bike be, behind. But I would I would always uh, look at different things that you can ride and different different ways you can have fun. And that's and an e bike is just one of those. You know, it's another one to add to the collection, definitely. Yeah, um, I think they're very useful as well for. Um, uh, coming back from injury, coming back from uh, you know health issues, um, uh, you know the heart, you know we have a, a thing in New Zealand called Green Prescription, so it's trying to get people active again after they've been medically um, passed, uh, able to get to exercising again. Even kids, I mean, they're, they're, some of the uh, some of the manufacturers now are making kids size e bikes, you know. So, yep, yeah. I, yeah, completely, completely agree with all of that. I mean, I'm, I didn't imagine that I would be, but I'm, I'm definitely quite tempted. But a bit like you, I, I don't have space for another bike <laughs> at the moment. So, um, <laughs> it's, it's, um, well, yeah. When I do have, when I do have space, and I need my, I need bike may well be. And I think it's that for me, it's about that. Just for from a work point of view, instead of driving to the station or um, you know driving around, uh, you know. Uh, getting the bus or the tube around London or whatever it is, then yeah, an e-bike I can certainly see is going to be going to be an advantage um, for that. Okay, fab, fabulous. Okay, so any any final thoughts or advice you want to leave our listeners on e-bikes, Foggy? Yeah, just just a thought. Um, the the average cyclist will. It don't. I'm not going to get too technical, but the average cyclist will put out somewhere between two and three hundred watts. Um, it's not you don't you've got to be a bit careful because obviously wattage can be is a weight uh, you know a weight ratio as well involved in this but the average cyclist will about 200 to 300 watts an e-bike will add about 50 watts so there shows you straight away the massive advantage um, 
that, that you can gain in terms of um, your ability to get along um, with, one, with one of these uh, machines. Um, that, and the, in terms of the style, there are so many variations now. Every manufacturer is coming out. I even saw one on uh, the internet with a Bianchi. Um, where they've started branching out into full suspension mountain bikes, uh, e-mountain bikes. Oh, it's a beautiful looking bike and straight away tempted. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> I think you're talking about 10,000 New Zealand dollars. Um, and, it, it, you know, yeah, just, just if you're thinking about it, just go for it, but make sure you get some uh, really good advice on, uh, on, on how to handle it. So maybe do a course, you know, do, do some training. Uh, and, and a lot of people just jump on bikes thinking, I know how to ride a bike. Uh, I don't need training, but actually anyone that rides any bike anywhere would, would benefit from a skills course. So that's what I think final thoughts for me. And that, would that be your e-bike of choice then if you, if you had to, if you had to. No, I, actually it's funny. Um, I saw that one on the internet and then I think my, my, uh, the one that I was really hankering after was um, uh, if, I, if I was to invest in one, and they're about, uh, they're about seven and a half thousand New Zealand dollars, is one called a Giant Revolt. And it's uh, e, e Plus Pro, I think is the model. Um, it's, it's pretty much the same, uh, it's a gravel bike, and it's pretty much the same version of the conventional uh, Giant Revolt that my wife rides. Uh, they do them right up to an extra large frame. Um, uh, it drop bars, full full gravel bike. But the the, the thing that really enticed me into to looking at that one was it does forty five k an hour. <laughs> so, um, and, and in terms of the sort of gravel riding I'm doing at the moment with my wife, is that that, that would you know be quite a good advantage for for um, for us and some of these trails out here. Although having said that, there are speed limits on some of the trails. So you'd definitely yeah. be breaking the speed limit with that on the on the trail. Oh, yeah, you? I mean, yeah, on some of them you would, and and that's that's where you know forty five k an hour is fine on gravel if you know what you're doing. But you know, if you if you get out of shape on that sort of speed on gravel, you you're definitely ending up in an ambulance, I would think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to say, I I from Robert Pigeon's um, email to me and his description of his Conago. E sixty four. That looks quite tempting because it's a yeah. it's a sleek looking machine, and it actually doesn't look any different to a normal road bike. It's a little bit a little bit heavier. So that yeah that um that yeah that took my interest. I have to say if I, if I was going <laughs> to go for it, um I did I I did say final thoughts, Foggy, but I've just had one one final thought about um about events and not so much racing, uh, but uh, because not many of our listeners will actually do races as such but a lot a lot will do events and sportives so what what are the rules around e-bikes and sportives and and uh, you know trail events and and all these all, the, all, the, all that sort of cycling yeah I, I, each event will have its own set of rules obviously but there's the, i mean i'll give let me give you an example there's a great event uh, down in the south island of new zealand called mototapu and they, they do it once a year it's it's private farmland through the the hills and the mountains um uh, not far from Wanaka and Queenstown. Uh, it's a stunning place to ride, but the, you can only do it on this event. And literally hundreds or even thousands of people do it. They have their own, they have an e-bike category. So when you sign up for that event, um, then you, if you ride an e-bike, you obviously you sign up for the separate uh, the separate category because they'll have, they'll have uh, you know, obviously they, 
they're not going to uh, put the timings together against the conventional bike, against the knee bike, et cetera, et cetera. So, so the rules will vary depending on the event itself, but obviously there will be the categories. I mean, th- those, those are sort of more so- social events. So they're hard events, but they're, they're still very much a social type event. They do have an elite structure in them as well, but the majority of people that do those uh, are, uh, you know, doing it for, for, for leisure and pleasure, I guess. Um, but uh, then right the way up to the, the, the UCI rules on, on, on racing e-bikes, there's a whole bunch of stuff there as well. So, so it's, it's the, the rule book will be massively thick. So on each event will have something slightly different. You just need to check that. Uh, yeah. Depending on what you're uh, going, going for. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that's it really, isn't it? The, you just need to check the, the rules of the event. And as you say, yeah. I think more and more sportives around here, I've got a special e-bike category that people yes, can, absolutely. can, can book, can book into. Yeah. Um, and then I suppose the other challenge is you want to go so fast, but you want to keep your battery power to the end as well. So it's something about, it's like a bit like fuel economy, isn't it? In the old yeah. F1 days, you only, you only were allowed to put a certain amount of fuel in the tank, weren't you? And you had all these cars running out of petrol at the, uh, before the finish so it's yeah oh, definitely i yeah. mean you, you just need to work out for yourself what your bike when you buy it what's it capable of you know what, what are the limits that i can go to i mean if you there's lots of different ways of testing that but i wouldn't go to an event without knowing what the limit is on my on my battery pack um and and what, what i can do with it so and, and from experience i can tell you that you know trying to trying to stay with uh, other riders once your batteries run out um, is hard work. It's happened to me. It's really and that's yeah. just, yeah, absolutely. Wave bye bye to the uh, the back of the bunch as they oh, disappear off into no the chance. distance. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fabulous, Foggy. Well, thank you very much for sharing your insights. As always, I think the, over the last few days of reading more and more about e-bikes, it's it's just convinced me. Not that I needed much convincing about the real value of e-bikes and for any sort of rider, but, um, you know, but particularly those who perhaps just don't, um, have what's needed anymore to, to, to kind of get out on the bike, the, the conventional bike as a way of just keeping open that, the, you know, the fabulous world of riding your bike. I think it's, yeah. it's gotta, it's gotta be a great thing. Absolutely. Set aside $20,000 so you can have one of each style in your shed <laughs> <laughs> as always with, with cycling there is a big price tag attached that's uh, that's the one guaranteed thing about cycling is that it, it's going to cost money okay yeah. so on on that happy happy thought let's uh, <laughs> let's say goodbye so thanks foggy great yep. to speak to you again nice to speak to you all and uh, we'll catch you again